Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to told, try told him I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? What's up, Welcome gang? to the Grindcast. Grind Simon Arias here. here. Get ready. It's Get a, ready. New day. a new day. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. And we got the man, the myth, the legend in the house, my dog, brother, Isaac Greeley, representing the Matt Factory and uh, is just a brother in Christ and helps so many, many people uh, in the Pittsburgh area and outside of Pittsburgh area. Welcome to the Grindcast studio, my dog. Oh, pleasure to be here. Honored. So, so Isaac, uh, many of you in the area know Isaac, but uh, for those of you that, that are uh, outside of the Pittsburgh area and don't know Isaac, Isaac was uh, an All-American uh, wrestler, uh, national finalist uh, team, I think, was national champ. You were at, at uh, Pitt Johnstown, yep, right, in, in college two times? Two times. Beautiful. And then uh, Pan Am champ uh, in jiu-jitsu, black belt beast in uh in jiu-jitsu and uh you know i'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and there's levels you know to everything and he's such a high level black belt like black belt there should be another level he would be that color whatever the color is he makes me feel like a like a white belt but i, I know your passion it, in addition to being on the mats is also you know i feel like you even have more fun coaching you know young folks and and even grown men and uh so coaching i know you've coached uh multiple uh, state champions, you know, also national champions, multiple UFC fighters, multiple Bellator fighters, and and you've been coaching at Barrel, right? Is it Barrel or Burrow? Burrow for eighteen? Yes, eighteen years, and I think what fifteen conse- consecutive yep, 15. section Whippy uh titles, and a bunch of people have come out of there and, and went on to do big things. I know you've had Olympic wrestlers and stuff that you've that you've coached and all of that stuff. So, where did uh where did all of this start? Give me a little little background of your upbringing and in history and kind of how we got to this point today. Um, I'd say that uh you know I grew up in a small town um in probably the most rural part of Pennsylvania uh, near Potter County, McKean County. And uh, just great people up there, honest, hardworking, blue-collar uh, upbringing. My parents worked shift work in a glass factory in the town. Uh, I had five brothers and sisters. I was one of five. So we didn't have a lot of time to spend on athletics and, and extracurricular activities. If, you know. So uh, my, I remember asking my mom when I, was, when I was nine if I could wrestle. And she said, sure, if you can get a ride home, that'd be great. So luckily, one of my neighbors— um, What made you want to wrestle? Uh, they brought trophies into the uh, auditorium for a, for a thing, and uh, I was like, "What's that?" And they said, "This is what you get when you win." I'm so you like, want a I trophy? Want, I want one of those. All so, right, all right. Uh, yeah, so that got my interest sparked, and luckily, one of my neighbors—I mean, a neighbor—it's like half a mile away where I grew up. <laughs> right. Uh, was a junior high wrestling coach, so I started going to the practices and staying for his practices, and that—that's how I got started with wrestling. Uh, but just grew up in a great community. Um, I love my hometown. Um, it's, I still have my wrestling camp that I do every year. Back in my hometown, special. It's a special place. Is that the nonprofit? Yeah. Thing. Yep, that's my, okay. So you, yep. you got the nonprofit wrestling camp back in your in your hometown. Yes. And yep. what's the name of that? Uh, it's a Bruno Irfido Scholarship Wrestling Camp. Okay. Team Bruno's our is our nickname for short. Where'd you come up with the with the uh, team Team Bruno thing? Uh, so Bruno um, was a another small town kid, Ridgeway, Pennsylvania. It's a small community, not far from where I was. Uh, I knew Bruno since he was a little kid. He grew up a um, very successful wrestler. He was wrestling at UPJ. Um, it's kind of like under my wing. I was like one of his uncles. 
uh, so to speak. And um, he going in, and he was an All American his junior year, going into his senior year, clean living kid, uh, you know, religious, just perfect kid. And he was really wrestling, unbelievable. And uh, we, him and I, had a goal for him to be a national champion. And uh, that summer, he was involved in an auto accident that he lost his life. Um, and he had always volunteered to re- work my wrestling camps uh, that we started in '96. Um, and uh, so, in uh, I think it was 15, 16 years ago, we decided to once that happened, 2002, we kind of name it, it in his we honor. Switched it to the Team Bruno wrestling camp made it into a nonprofit. Love it. And uh, we've had a lot of fun with it. Love it. Now you're what what folks the what's what's amazing is you're a chiropractor by trade, right? Yes. So you're a doctor. Yeah. Technically. Yes. Right? You're yes. a doctor. Doctor on and off the mat. So so it's it's cool cuz it's you know my setup, I had an opportunity to walk you through, you know, the top floor here yeah. and I got the mat room, you know, right next door which was like a dream. You know, for me, you know, when I was yeah. thinking of of owning, I rented space forever. And then when we bought this building and, and I said, man, just one thing that I want for myself is I want to I want to have something upstairs that I can train in, you know, in, yeah. in the morning. So what's cool is seems like you had a similar, you know, thing. You got the, the chiropractic business next door yeah. with amazing people that work over there. And then and then right next door to that is is the mat factory and stuff. Right. And it seems like you're, you know, you're kind of more on the mat side. You know, it looks like you put a ton of, ton of hours and a ton of work into people on, on that side of things too. Uh, I mean, you, that's why you and I get along so well, I think, because we, you know, I, I like to intertwine my passions. Um, and I had a, you know, I coached at Burl, uh, started in 2003, 2004, and um, we had a couple offices uh, that, that weren't around the area. So I decided to move an office there and, and, and start up a wrestling club. Um, great decision. Um, I worked with my, with, uh, one of my best friends, Chris Como, who's the head coach back then. And, uh, we kind of passed the reins on to Josh Shields, one of our former wrestlers who's a national champion at Mercyhurst. Yep. And, uh, he's done an amazing job and we've been kind of his right hand men ever since. And we have the wrestling club, which we bring in a lot of local kids to, you know, help out as well. And so it's just been a win-win and I get to get done with, with work on a Tuesday and I take my work shoes off. I put on my wrestling shoes and I couldn't be happier. Love it. Love it. Now, how, how many state champions and national champions and in, in, in so we, we covered the section titles, but how many state champs and national champions have you coached? We've at Burrow, we just had our 10th national or state champion this year. Um, AJ Corrado won in overtime with a pancake. Love it. And uh, yeah, just we've been blessed with, you know, this year we had we, we graduating two seniors that are going to Brown, both of them Ivy League uh, kids. Ian Oswald, and who's a two-time state runner-up, and AJ was a state runner-up last year, state champion this year. Um, we've been really lucky to have kids like that all the way through. It starts with our with our with our youth program, and you know it instills a passion into the kids because they they see how passionate the parents are and the ever the community is. And uh, you know we're going on 15 in a row this year, and we've won uh, 17 total. And 16 since I started. Crazy. Yeah, it's been a lot of success. But, you know, the, the one thing with success that w- with us that we've learned that we don't shoot our, our goals aren't there. We always set them for the state championship, top four in the state every year is our goal. So, so shooting the goals higher. We always shoot our goals higher. And, uh, you know. Yeah, let's stay there. How, how do you think that that happens to have, you know, 15 in a row Whippeal championship? How, how does something like that even it, it happen? Does it start in the culture? You know, where, where does that start? Well, it, it really starts with relationships. Um, without the relationships, there's no culture. 
uh, and it's relationships with, with the community, with the parents, with the administration, you know, with the kids, with the coaches. Um, you know, we ha it's, it's a, something that we learned at UPJ under our wrestling coach, Pat Pacora, was you can make it a family first. Once you make it a family, all the success will come to you. So we make it a family thing, and, uh, you know, we all have each other's backs. If something bad happens, we're there to help. If something good happens, we're there to praise. So it's, it's a balance, and it's, it's basically all about developing those type of relationships and uh, following through with them too. After after they leave, we're still close with those kids. I see them become good, men, you know, men graduate college, go out go out into the workforce, become good fathers. So that's what we're really trying to promote. Um, the success is just how many national champs have you coached? Um, national champs, probably four or five since we started. Um, Josh being one of them. Um, Cody Law, national champ. You know, we, a lot of those guys I kind of coach. Was Cody UPJ. at UPJ? Yeah, too. Penn State UPJ guy. Okay. Um, Nico Megaludis was one of the first kids I ever coached uh, when he was about eight years old. He's national champ for Penn State. Still comes in the math factory every week. Uh, love having him in there. And uh, Jason Nolf obviously was the big one um, that we got to see grow up from eighth grade all the way up through through uh, you know still wrestling today, trying for Olympic spot. Love it. So, yeah. That's that's crazy. Now, how, how did you get into jujitsu uh, from the wrestling thing? I, what I love about your place is it's like this hybrid of wrestling, yeah, jujitsu that you don't see mm -hmm. all over the place. But it's it's probably the most applicable, yeah. you know, that I've seen for actual combat in yeah. in in things. So you know, we our our philosophy is wrestling is you know the king. Uh, as far as like positionally and you know controlling where the fight is the matches but uh jujitsu is just an endless supply of knowledge it's never stop never you never stop learning in jujitsu i've been doing it for uh 18 years now how'd you get years. into it i got into it i graduated chiropractic school okay. um, i moved down here um and i took a job with one of my uh one of my one of my roommates in 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 uh, chiropractic school was down here working for a friend one of our friends ralph petrarca so my my partner uh Eventually, partners Jason Jacobs and Ralph Petrarca uh, lured me down here. So I took a job as an associate doctor, and then uh, I started coaching with Chris Coma. One of my he actually went to UPJ. He was uh, he's about five years older than me, but he was one, one of my uncles. And he asked me if I wanted to coach with him at Burrow. I said, Yeah, for sure. So I started coaching with him, and then he was actually doing jujitsu on the side. So him and I in the summers would would go do jujitsu two three days a week, and and I'm like, What? This is crazy. This is like I've nothing I've ever seen. And uh, I just fell in love with it right from the beginning. He kind of phased out of it with family and everything, and I just kind of took off with it. And, uh, yeah, I've been, been doing it every, almost every day since. <laughs> 18, 19, your journey. And so any tips that you have on, you know, speeding up the progress of someone, somebody that, you know, you can't rush the process. Yeah. You got to put in the work. But is, is there any tips you would have on, on, on how somebody could progress their game a little bit quicker? Well, I think that it's just, you got to love it and not care about that. You have to basically, you know, look at it like this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And uh, that'll all come, you know, the, you can see the black belt in people like yourself that they, they love it. They want to learn. They're constantly wanting to learn. It's, 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 a, it's already happened, you know, as far as I'm concerned. The, the problem is most people. So just trust the process. Trust the process and fall in love with it. That's it. Um, if you start asking, like, when am I going to get this? When am I, well, I need to do this. It's good to get that, obviously, as your white belt, blue belt, uh, purple belt. But it, from that point on, I think it's just, you know, you just got to it, it bide your time and be around the right people. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing 
and do, do what you do a lot too. I like seeking out other, other people, other gyms, other people, other information, um, getting that different feel. I mean, that's a big part of the journey as well. Um, something I did a lot of, and I'm really glad that I did for sure. Out of, you know, I don't know if there, you have these, you know, I'm sure you're not checking these statistics, but you know, out of all, you know, I know just in my journey, you know, the people that I started with, if I look back to even just old pictures and packed mm -hmm. gyms, you know, where I was, you know, there was 40 of us, you know, or graduation or, you know, or something like that. And I look back and, and how many of those folks actually ended up being black belts. There's a few and it's cool to, it's cool to see people that you started with, you know, and neither one of you knew nothing. And, you know, I watched these people, they're now black belts and, you know, and all of that stuff. But how many people would you say out of a thousand or out of a hundred, you know, that start, you know, that say, I'm going to come in and, and test this out and, and do this. How many do you think end up, you know, being a black belt from there, a legit black belt? I mean, statistically, it's about one in 300 that started. Okay. Is that the number? Yeah. One in 300? Two to 300 is you, if you, okay. you, you know, I think that's probably pretty accurate. Okay. Um, a lot of that is most people get to a certain level and they'll, they'll, they'll have adversity. That's the biggest, the biggest killer in jujitsu injuries, family, um, you know, different job. I mean, it, it's excuses that you can kind of, you know, see filter in through and you start to see that happening. Um, and it's all understandable. I mean, jujitsu black belts aren't for every single person, trust me, but, uh, the people that stick with it, it's, it's it carries with them for the rest of their life. Um, and then once they get a black belt, I mean, you're still always going to be a white belt, but what I'll say is like, you're going to help want to help people forever. You're going to want to be involved in the sport forever at that point. Cause it's in your blood. You know, I've I seen a quote said, uh, you know, all a black belt is, is a white belt that never mm -hmm. quit. That's a, just never gave up. Is, yeah. You know, we're same thing. White belt. We just never, yeah. you know, never quit. And so those, you, you think the thing that separates is just how, just handling adversity. I mean, and not buying the excuses the biggest, that pop yeah. up, which, you know, a lot of they say the best excuses or the best lies are the ones that are wrapped in a little bit of truth. Yep. You know, the, the you could buy it, you know, almost it makes some sense, yeah. you know, to buy some of these, you know, these yeah. excuses. But you think the biggest one is just not buying the mental excuses as this comes up and, and continuing to, to, yeah. to push and getting over those adversities and obstacles. Yeah, it's something that, you know, we teach in wrestling a lot. We call it the excuse bag. So you get an excuse you got to put it in your excuse bag and at the end of the year you got to empty that excuse bag out no matter what and if you have a big bunch of excuses coming out from that year pretty sure you say your goals it's going to it's going to affect that so same thing with jujitsu if your goal is to be a black belt you know you, you find those excuses it's going to basically make it a lot longer uh process for you but um you know my friends that are black belts um some of the closest friends that i have i've seen the adversity they've went through i've seen ver no i know the adversity i've went through to get there um and I just see that perseverance. It's the same thing. It's like, if I get hurt, I'm going to work around it. If I can't make it to the gym, I'm going to study. Rehab and come I'm, back. I'm going to study this. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, nowadays you can study film like, like, you know, no other. So I think that's a big, big bonus nowadays. Um, the technology. Technology. And also getting with the right people and being consistent with growth is also huge. Um, I mean, I still have my coaches that I look to that, you know, when I see my weaknesses. I'm, yeah, who gave you your black belt? Uh, I, I got a black belt under Eddie Vincent, um, guy in, local guy in Pittsburgh, and uh, I've since uh, been striped by uh, two stripes by Baga uh, Rodrigo Ramos, who's my uh, jiu-jitsu instructor now. Um, out of he's one of the founders of American Top Team. He's really helped me a ton. Got you. Now, forty-three years young. Forty-four, but forty-four. Okay. Forty-five in May. Forty-four years young. Forty-five in May. So that's a, right around the corner here. Mm -hmm. 
and still out here rolling and wrestling around and sprints and, and all this other cartwheels and everything else <laughs> going on out here. Uh, what tips would you have, you know, as, as people age to be able to continue to perform at that level and, and uh, stay in that type of shape? Uh, I really think that, uh, you know, staying in the grind is the best. You know, once you get yourself there, just try to stay there. Um, you know, I have people that inspire me. I, have, I train 60-year-old 60, 60 guys that are, that are inspirational to me. I can't, I can't believe they can do what they do. Um, and I think it's just, you know, consistency with your, with your diet, with your, with your, with your exercise. Um, and the people that you're around, obviously, you know, is, is a big part of that. There's going to be days you don't feel like doing it, but when you, you, know, you have those guys that are pushing you, I think that's a big part of it as well. Any, any recovery stuff or, you know, how many, you're, you're training every day. Yeah. Almost every day. Yeah, I, I train, uh, you know, six days a week on average. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of those days are two-a-days, two too. And I, I personally enjoy it. That's what I look for. It's my type of therapy. It's my mental therapy. It's my physical therapy. Um, but, you know. But most people would need a lot of physical therapy yeah. well, to do six days a week yeah. at 45 years old. So what's the, what's what, the, what's the secret? Don't be holding out on us The secret now. for me. Is it the was, chess hair? <laughs> I got, yeah, definitely got that. <laughs> That's coming off yeah. pretty soon, too. <laughs> Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's my job. Basically I've, I've been blessed. I made a decision when I was in college, um, that I really liked the, you know, chiropractic lifestyle. That was what drew me to it. Um, kind of drew me away from the medical model, more to the chiropractic, uh, just the healthy living, you know, the re everything that went along with it, the diet, the, uh, you know, the innate the taking care of yourself. What things diet wise would you, would you suggest? Um, I mean, I just try to eat healthy multiple times a day um water is one of the biggest things that i do a lot of water a lot of hydration a lot of water um i don't take a lot of supplements um personally um but you know i do a little bit here and there just uh just just for uh, my natural immune system health but um i think just living that lifestyle you know i live a chiropractic lifestyle i get adjusted i get massaged multiple times a week um you know i have adjustments uh, and massages yeah huge I mean, I, anytime i have anything i pay attention to it um i mean i'm on top of it next day luckily i'm in my office so and i have um you know other doctors around me my wife's a doctor she's a chiropractor yeah okay. my wife's a chiropractor she works on me at home uh, my partners work on me associate doctors work on me i go to another chiropractor that's a friend of mine uh you know usually every week or two um and i have really 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 good massage therapists that work with us so i have access to that on a pretty much on a daily so that helps me personally yeah um i've learned that if i just ignore injuries it does that's not the answer that usually will break down somewhere else. So I've learned that the hard way. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been really lucky health wise. Um, but I, you know, I think keeping the wheels grease too. I think, you know, wrestling daily, grappling daily, um, you know, working out hard, trying to max my heart rate out weekly. I think that's a big part of it too. Just keeping it going. Yeah. So the, the, you know, a lot of times in life you'll hear, you know, I come to a, came to a fork in the road, you know, and I could have went this way or could have went that way. We've talked about it you know, at the Bible study and stuff that, yeah. that you do, you know, on Wednesdays before we train, there's a Bible study there and we have a chance to have some of these conversations. And we talk about how, you know, a lot of times you see kids and I mean, we want it for everybody. You know, you kind of see that mm -hmm. fork in the road for them. Is there any moments of your life you could look back and, and think, you know, whether it was an injury or, you know, or personal, you know, anything, anything you could look back on off after coming off of a, a, a loss or a setback or, you know, mentally, anything that you could remember that you, you could look at, man, this was a, I didn't realize it maybe at the time, but this was a fork in the road for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, 
um, I have a group that I belong to uh, called Reveal Your Path. It's a bunch of been about five years now, but the the biggest thing that we go off of is success through failure. You succeed through failure. You know, when you win, do you really get better? Maybe a little bit, but failures with the the big breeding ground for success. And, uh, you know, I can point out many times in my life where I failed and it, it, looking back on it, how much it's helped me, not just failing, messing up as a kid, um, learning hard lessons. Um, but you have to act upon it. You have to have action items. You have to, you know, make, make a conscious decision to make it better. So, you know, for me, my college athletic career, I mean, just for an example, um, I was recruited. I wasn't supposed to start going into my uh, sophomore year, the co our wrestling coach, uh, had recruited a very highly recruited kid, scholarship kid. Um, I was a partial scholarship kid. I remember like I had to let him know that I'm going to make this decision to, that I'm going to st step up. So I remember going up to his office. I had to talk, you know, got a meeting and I looked him in the eye. I said, I'm going to be your boy. I'm going to, I'm going to make, this is going to happen. Like, I, I feel bad that you just wasted that, that scholarship. Spot, that scholarship. Yeah. He's like, I'm rooting for you. Good luck. And I just remember going back every day. I remember him saying that, that, that wrote it down. And I just kept remembering it. And I just worked hard all summer, came back, got the starting spot, worked my butt off that year. I thought, you know, I thought I did. I got to the national tournament. I was seated fourth and I got to the quarterfinals and uh, I lost. And it just crushed me and got to the blood round where it's the, the round where you, you're an All-American or you're not. Lost that match too. So I was devastated. And I thought I did everything right. I thought I did. I ate right. I didn't drink. I didn't do anything. I was working out. I was doing extra workouts. But it just really went to the core of my, you know, I said I did everything right. For the first time in my life, I gave it everything I had, and it didn't work out. And then I remember going back and, like, nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. So the next year I came back. I'm like, I'm going to be a national champion. I'm not going to be an All-American. I'm going to be a national champion. I'm going to give it everything I, ha everything I have and then some. And then luckily I was around teammates that were, you know, pushing me and we had a family thing and and I got really lucky with the teammates that I had the influences that I had so when it came back the next year I took second I lost in a really tight match in overtime but I was I was I was more satisfied happy with myself from that growth that I had that I'm like hey you know there are levels to this there's levels to adversity there's levels to you know hard work there's levels to everything so I learned that lesson and that really helped me with everything from life on that that point on I feel like as a 21 year old kid from there on I kind of got life a little bit better from that going through that failure so that's my success through failure kind of moment and I can name that for a lot of my teammates and kids I've coached and I've seen it even in business as well yep there's that fork in the road for sure uh who would you say would be the three most influential people on your life and, and why it's probably hard to condense it down to three because you have so many great relationships, you know, with people, but anybody stand out and, and kind of why? I mean, for I mean, my parents, obviously, uh, they never pushed me into anything. They just kind of let me, uh, you know, find my way, which I, looking back on it, I was very thankful for that. I feel like I got pushed with, with it. Um, I don't think I would have been su as successful as I was. But it also taught me how to be a coach, you know, like not, you know, not push kids. Use the kids that are passionate uh, and use that. But the kids that aren't, you know, you got to guide them differently. So I learned that as well. Um, and the biggest influence, you know, coaching wise and just in life in general, besides that was our, my wrestling coach in college. Obviously, I had many coaches. My high school coach was awesome. Um, but my college wrestling coach really taught me how to be a man. And, and he, he had a lot of tough love on us, he used to call it. Um, but he wasn't afraid to, you know, to call us out on stuff either, our BS. And, uh, you know, I wasn't used to that. I, I like that. And uh, he also taught me everyone's different. You push buttons differently. Like this guy may, 
need a slap in the butt. This guy might need a little praise, a little bit of mental coaching. This guy might need something else. So I learned that from him. Through watching? Watching, yeah. Through watching. Yep, I saw him do that with all of us. I'm like, why does he yell at him, but not him? And he does this with me. And then after I, you know, after I started coaching myself, I'm like, oh, I see. You know, I talked to him about it. Have pretty good relationships still. So we, you know, he's like, yeah, you have to treat every single person like a, you know, different seed, and you have to water it differently. So I learned that, and I think that really helped me with, uh, you know, deciding who was going to be in my circle, um, with people I wanted to be around, and uh, in my growth as well. So I think that was a big lesson. Um, so those two particular step stand out. Obviously, a lot of my teammates. Um, I can go back to my roommate. Um, made me, like I told you before, he made me, uh, you know, we, after wrestling it over, we'd go out, but he'd make sure that I was up at 8 a.m. to go to church every morning. That was our, that was our deal. Um, and he had a huge influence on me living with huge. Him. Yeah. Troy, what's, what's his name? Troy Barbush. Troy. He's a four-time All-American national champion, state champion in high school. He's done amazing things outside of wrestling. He's Where's he at family. now? Arizona. He was all, all, a huge influence on me. Um, you know, he, he kept me in a straight line without that wouldn't have made it and uh you talk about making an impact i mean you look at the the people that i've just in in the small amount of time i've been around you you know to to watch the impact that you've had on people's spiritual journey in that same coaching style that you just talked about of of um, not forcing anybody into it not judging anybody or you know but the ones that want it you're kind of really really making an impact you know on those people and you know people really admire you and look up to you because of how good you are at at the game but then how you treat folks and and treat people and really you look at that seed being planted from from this your roommate on how many other people's lives that are now impacted that otherwise would have never been touched Uh, yeah you know if it wasn't for that that's that's huge man that's huge talk to me about the about the grind you know what people don't don't see when they see how you know how good that you that you are you know on on the mats you know what what do people not see you know kind of behind the scenes you got the grind you know the the shirt on man Jermaine. Jermaine. you know what what we were talking today about it you know on how how good that you you know that you are and what what sticks out that maybe people don't see? I mean, the biggest thing for me has been balance, balancing, you know, my spirituality, my family life, my work life and my, you know, my coaching and my wrestling and my, my competing. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just a daily thing that you constantly have to be, you know, we're looking, we're just looking at your goals, your yearly goals. It's something I make action items daily. Like I have to get this done, this done, this done. Um, but I always, you know, I always make it important with, with my, what my core values are. You know, I want to be a family man. I want to be, you know, help other people. Uh, I also want to be successful in my, in my business. I want to be successful with my family, with, with my friends. So, um, I think with that, it's like setting my core values, knowing where they are, what, what the importance is with them and putting that kind of energy into each core value. Um, I learned that a long time ago and it's really helped me kind of like daily, um, doing the action items and writing goals down. Um, is really daily, daily, daily action items, writing those things down. Yep. Daily action items. Um, just writing them on a piece of paper, write them in your phone. Uh, and you do you fail all the time? Yeah. You you miss stuff all the time, but it keeps you accountable and you'd be surprised how much it's, it can help you just doing those little things like that. Obviously, um, my most successful friends do that. So I think that's a big, big, big secret. Writing down those daily, daily action items. Uh, what does the word sacrifice mean to you? Um, sacrifice means, uh, you know, doing what's not, e- you know, the easy things always, always right there. It's doing what's, what's not the hard thing. 
Uh, so, you know, sacrifice is going to be help you become successful a lot, lot quicker, obviously. Um, I've learned that um, through wrestling first, but uh, it's carried over into every aspect of my life. So, um, you know, it depends on what's important to you. Um, the way I look at an athlete is are they a square or are they a triangle or are they a straight line? And this is, this is my, my, uh, I didn't make this up. This is actually a boxing coach. Without getting into it. I, yeah, I think I, I, I would not want to be the square. I, you know, I don't know yeah. if that's the good one or, or, or not, yeah. but let's break that so, down. So, uh, there's a boxing coach. His name is, uh, Bruce. I think it's bashing Bashington or something like that. Square um, triangle. Yeah. He talks straight about line. it. Yeah. So the square has four, four things that are important to him going out, family, work, and whatever else, right? So that person's going to be fairly successful. You know, as a, as a coach, I don't want to waste a whole lot of energy on that type of person, though, because I know that their potential is going to be hard to reach. Because they're, they're trying to do yeah, so many different to do too many things, and they're things. really not putting that effort into, you know, to, what, to their craft. Yep. Um, so we see an athlete that's a triangle, and that's someone that we like because they're, you know, they have a family life, they have a, uh, a social life, and they have their, have their, uh, their sport or whatever. So I like I like those athletes because I know that we can kind of like direct them and they may reach some pretty good goals and they'd be pretty successful. But then we get the Jason Nolfs and the Nico Megaluduses, the Dalton Rostas, the Cody Laws that are straight lines. Obsessed. They're obsessed. They have their fa their fa family or home life and they have their the gym. And that's it. That's all they they just do this. And that's where the true you know special world champions are bred. Um, that's my job to recognize that and to, and to help help feed that. So. You got to be obsessed. Got to be obsessed to be great. You, you know, it's, be it's it's a word that you that you hear. You got to keep it under control. Yeah. You know, because I think people can get hurt that way. But I I don't know if I've seen a lot of people you know in the Olympics or master anything that wasn't you know described as obsessed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I would describe those folks. I would describe you as is you know, obsessed and you're a dad and you're a husband and you know, you, yeah. you got a business and you're a mentor and you got the, the Bruno camp and all of yeah. that stuff. But I, I would, I would say that you're close to obsessed well, with, I think I was at one point, you know, with, with, with goals and putting everything into it. Um, I think I've learned now, like I, I kind of kept that kind of uh Tame. mentality too long. Yeah. Um, but now I'm kind of, you know, like, Hey, listen, it's, I can do this, this, and this, I can, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I can, you know, enjoy things. I'm really glad I did that because it taught me a lot, taught me how to live right, how to be a good yeah. man, good, good person, good husband. Um, but, you know, I can obviously relax a little bit now but, and sit back. That's why I really enjoy the coaching aspect of it now yeah. because I can see the potential. I can see a little bit of what I was going through in these guys, and I can see where they can go with it. Um, that's what gets me excited. That's where my real true passion is. Um, that's why I love wrestling. I love MMA. I love jiu-jitsu. Because you can see those like guys like yourself, like I can see the potential in you, and it's just getting you there. So, appreciate it, man. Now, now the uh, how could how could people that are listening now follow you on social media or people that would kind of want to see where you're at? So we got the Map Factory, and that's yeah. in uh, Leechburg, Lower Borough. Lower Burl. Yeah. I think it comes up maybe Leechburg in, in the navigation. Maybe yeah, not. It might. Uh, but the, their Instagram. Yeah, it's just under Instagram. Instagram uh, the Matt Factory. That's my personal Instagram. The Matt Factory. The Matt Factory Wrestling Club um, on Instagram. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's about it. Facebook a little bit I do. I have a Matt Factory page on, on there, and I have a personal. Account. Is it under Matt Factory? The Matt Factory. The yep. Matt Factory. The Matt Factory. On Facebook. Yep. Any spaces? 
Uh, nope, just the mat factory. Straight up, straight line. Yep. Bam. Yep. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we have a small gym, but you know, I love it because uh, and I grew up in a small gym, and our wrestling coaches tell us it's not is the room big enough for you? Or are you big enough for the room? Uh. I love that. I've been tempted to go out and build a big gym and do everything, do it all big up, but I'm really glad I haven't. Um, I like those little small spaces. Feels good. Feels good to get Feels in Feels right. Yeah. I they say that. a church alive is worth the drive. That's right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I've been making that drive, and, and uh, I, you know, people come from all over the place, you know, just to go to the map factory because of the culture that you've built and the amount of success that you've had helping people on their journey through the map factory. It's almost become a, a, a necessary stop for people if they really want to go to the next level, man. And, and, uh, you could feel your spirit in that place. You could feel the culture through you of, of what you've built, that family atmosphere and the way people treat each other. And then the intensity, you know, that's going on. You could feel your passion. The intensity is just different. I mean, it, when, when you get in that room and you're training people, man, it's like you could, you could tell that people are ready to get better because you're challenging them. You're pushing them. The intensity level is uh is there and yeah. uh i know i appreciate that yeah well you know, i mean personally. I, think, I think like attracts like that's why uh you know i got guys like dom and D dempsey um and other you know great great coaches around us um because you know that intensity attracts the same type of intensity so um you know we're not for everyone obviously but you know the guys that do the the girls and guys that do come to us um we try to put everything we can into them um to see where they can go with it so no doubt well i appreciate you joining us uh here today in the grindcast studios man and and uh so isaac you the man thanks for joining us on another episode of the grindcast get ready it's a new day count money man money stack man. riches try and told, told him i'm a beast blood. <laughs> <laughs>